0: Welcome to 7 Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome to our series Pivot. This series is all about conversations with people from all walks of life who have found ways to successfully make changes and transform what they do. It's focusing both on what people may have been doing during the pandemic or as a result of the pandemic, but also anyone who has suffered trauma or life-changing circumstances. We can all learn vital lessons from these stories, and most of all, the kinds of skills that we can draw on to help us make changes in our own lives. Today, I'm talking to Liam Mayer. Liam is a videographer with the UK National Health Service, the NHS, and he tragically lost his dad to COVID in March 2020. He found that within isolation it was extremely difficult to go through the grieving process despite having a strong family support network around him and he decided to help others and created a support group called Alone Together. And this was initially a Facebook support group where people could share their stories. And through this initiative, Liam also featured in Gareth Malone's Singing for Britain Choir, which led him to create the Alone Together Choir. He has a strong musical background, but he tells me that this is a story for another time. But anyway, with this choir, they recorded a song in memory of their lost ones. And Throughout this time, Liam noticed it was mainly women reaching out for support and becoming involved in the Facebook group. So he founded the United Ride, which was aimed at men and raising awareness of men's mental health. And he talks about the journey he took from Land's End to John O'Groats in July 2021. Liam speaks about the nature of loss shaping your life and how he is honouring his dad by what he's been doing, not only helping himself with his own grieving process, but also having such an impact on so many people. He talks openly about anxiety and the importance of embracing this and being open about it. He uses meditation techniques to help ground him and he does speak often about the huge importance of having a support network. And we know that... This in particular is crucial to building resilience, having a support network around you. Liam is inspiring. He has been and is so proactive, moving with and working towards the new. I know you will love this episode and I am delighted to have Liam Mayer with us today. Thank you so much for coming along.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Emma Sue.
0: Where to start? Maybe just by telling our listeners a little bit more about you and about the work that you're doing.
1: Well, my kind of journey I guess started March of last year. Lots of ups and downs, I would say. So it started off that my dad contracted COVID-19 and he battled it for a couple of weeks but sadly passed away in the hospital. Uh, I actually worked for the NHS myself. So dad was in the hospital that I work in, but I'm not a frontline worker. I'm a, I'm a videographer. But I felt my job not being a frontline worker, you know, wasn't as valuable as frontline worker. So I wanted to do something to to help others with the skills that I've got. And at the time, we just entered our first lockdown as well. And I'm quite fortunate. I've got quite a large family. And even though we couldn't physically be together, we were talking lots on video chats and keeping each other company. And I started wondering, you know, what if my mum didn't have any children and she had lost her partner and was just on her own, you know, who would that person turn to? So I developed a a support network on Facebook Um, to to get people together who were grieving um, virtually. And it just snowballed. I I, I started creating videos, telling my story and inviting people to support network, just being really open about it all, really. And the news channels picked up on it. And it's, yeah, I think we've got around 1000 people in the group now from from all around the world. That was the beginning of my journey. And yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about you know, what's come off of that, you know, in the rest of the podcast?
0: Just hearing how that all came about and the loss of your dad so early on, which was such a crazy, mad time. I mean, that, mm. you know, March, April 2020. Could you just say a little bit more about your experience of that?
1: As you say, it was quite early on. So we entered into lockdown, I'm halfway between dad's hospital stay now. For the last seven days of dad's life, he was on a ventilator. So they had to sedate him. So he was totally unconscious. And I was fortunate enough for the first three days of him um, being in that induced coma, I I could go and see him through a screen in our um, ICU unit, unit, which was uh, yeah, obviously upsetting. It was horrible to see him like that. But I'm glad I did have the opportunity to go and see him. When we had the phone call to say that dad wouldn't make it and was passing away, we were given the option to go out there and be with him, but if we did do that, we wouldn't be able to go to the funeral because we'd have to isolate. So at the time, they brought in restrictions for the funeral. There was only allowed 10 people at the funeral. But yeah, as a family, we decided that dad would be very annoyed of us if we put ourselves in danger, basically, and, and, and went and sat with him. He knew that, well, we all told him that we loved him every day. I've got no regrets. Dad didn't know that. The main thing that I found hard, and as a family found hard, was... Not the funeral, because in a strange way, that was really quite nice and personal. It was the fact that we couldn't have a wake and celebrate Dad's life. Developing the support network in Dad's name was another way of me honouring Dad. Um, and lots of other things that have happened after that has all been a way of me celebrating Dad's life, kind of letting the world know how much I loved him and how amazing he was, really.
0: I mean, I think it's wonderful what you've done because you've taken your your own experience and you talk about having that support network of your family and at the same time recognizing that many people might not have that mm-hmm. uh, and and would be struggling so when you started the facebook group people were telling their stories i guess
1: that's right yeah and it still is it hasn't changed its platform really it's still very much echoing that that people would join the group and and tell their story i think they would just feel some comfort in being able to get that off their chest and tell it to people who can completely relate um, and there's something special about people being able to relate exactly to what you're going through. It is a group that's just full of full of love, really. And uh, we don't kind of promote any political or you know, hate speech because, in, in my opinion, that that doesn't really resolve anything. And I know there's obviously different ways that grief can present itself, and it will present anger. I I, I get that, but. The group just offers support and I think that people are really benefiting from it, from the feedback that I'm getting. Just
0: having that space where you can be and where you can share and actually it's a wonderful testimony to good sides of social media without it you would not have been able to form this group and what are some of the things that have happened along the way and i'm
1: not sure the podcast is long enough but i'll try and go through some of (laughs) it's been a bit of a bonkers uh, ride some of the big stuff kind of happened earlier on end of april so you know not even a month after dad passed away I was approached by 2020 Productions um, to be part of a uh, documentary that Gareth Malone was doing. So he was basically forming virtual choirs. So it was a three-part documentary, and I was asked to be on the final episode. And to be honest, setting up that support network straight away and telling my story, people turned to me quite a lot as, you know, a short choir on and to tell their story, which was fine. I put myself in that position, but I felt that I was filling my bottle up, if that makes sense, and wasn't emptying it. The program gave me an opportunity to, to, to do that, really. I created a song with Gareth Malone about my dad. Um, and I actually hadn't seen Mum for about two or three months. And they arranged for me to sing it to Mum in the place that me and my wife got married. Yeah, quite an emotional program, but it's it gave me a bit of therapy. So coming off of that program, I realized how much I got from creating music and how expressing my grief music how much it helped me and I wanted to share that with the group so I kind of put out to the to the the wider support network if anyone wanted to form a virtual choir I know I've got musical background but I've got no experience with choirs but I thought you know it's not about whether you can sing it's about what you can get from it we created a song together there's about 12 of us on there I started writing an original song and I got them to contribute to the lyrics to express their grief through the song but it's a positive song. It's called Thank You. And it's thanking our loved ones for what, what they gave us. You know, fast forward to March this year, we were given the opportunity or we were asked to use the song at the end of a BBC programme. And it was a it was a look back of the year um, programme and kind of honouring the people we've lost. All the group that were involved just found that amazing that they could honour their loved one in, in such a way. Um, because as I said before, I was always hunting for that way to honour dad because I felt I was robbed of that. And to be able to share that with a wider group was just phenomenal. That
0: sounds amazing. Just, I agree, music and singing is very healing, mm. very powerful. There's something about it that that can be such a release. When you sort of look back over this this time, and all the different things that have happened. What do you think you personally have learned from it all?
1: Uh, wind back a bit more uh, to 2003. My dad got diagnosed with lung cancer and we nearly lost dad. Started my journey of looking at myself differently and looking at life. And at the time I looked at the cancer as a burden, but now I've lost dad. I looked at it as a blessing because since 2003, I did so much with him. Dad would always... Push me to do my best and not believe in boundaries he's, he's say you know boundaries are only there if you put them there and I believe that now he's not here he's pushing me more than he's ever done definitely losing dad has given me that drive to realize what I can achieve in life and I think also not to make excuses as well because it's so so easy to do that there's a saying that Bruce Lee used to say which just rings rings around in my my mind a lot and it's kind of like a, a mantra I kind of live to now and it's I've written it down because I was we which forget, forget which way around it goes, but it's willing is not enough. We must do knowing is not enough. We must apply. I'm guilty of this. I used to, you know, moan about stuff in my life, and moan why it wasn't different. And it's nine times out of 10, it's not different because you're not making it different. And I think all what I've achieved since dad passed away is because I've been driven to do that in, in the memory of dad. So having a goal at the end of, you know, what you're trying to achieve changes things completely.
0: It's strange and weird in a way to think that how they are pivotal events Mm. and actually they shape your life. You then might think, well, I wouldn't have done all those things and I wouldn't be the person I am if those things hadn't happened. The loss of somebody is such a tragic, difficult thing.
1: It's about perspective. Um, I started to reflect on losing dad and looking at it in a way of, wow, wasn't I lucky that I had a dad like that in my life for 36 years? Not oh, I haven't got a dad in my life like that anymore, because I was lucky to have him in the first place. You know, I just tried to look at the impact he had on my life. When I was writing the song with with Gareth Malone, I came up with a kind of a metaphor of dad's impact on my life, which which impacted the song. Throwing a pebble into a pond, Dad, dad's the pebble. Um, we throw him into the pond, the pebble's no longer there, but look at the ripples it's left, and that's that's dad's impact you know he's not here but there's still those ripples
0: what do you think your dad would make of all the things you've been doing
1: he <laughs> would probably be rolling his eyes about the amount of pictures and videos there are of him on tv to be honest but secretly enjoying the attention
0: <laughs> tell us a little bit about your dad
1: absolutely loved his family um, and i found that more so after he's gone by interacting with with friends that i've never met of his and how much he used to talk about us. DIY mad, but there's nothing he couldn't turn his hand to, which I'm cursing him at the moment, because I'm doing a bit of DIY around the house, and usually he'd be here to help, and I'm having to figure out stuff on my own, but actually on hindsight i've realized of how much i've learned off him (laughs) a a little while ago Mum said to me did you realize that when dad used to come and help you with stuff he never actually helped you he used to watch and actually supervise you and tell you what to do i said i hadn't actually picked up on that so he was teaching me without me even knowing that he was teaching me you know you talk about dad jokes and he was the king of dad jokes they were just they were so bad they were brilliant there's just lots of good stories about dad remember after dad having lung cancer and having the therapy it did take its toll on his body so he couldn't do as much as he would like to do for example he paid for someone to build a wall in the front front garden that's just something that dad could do with his eyes closed but just felt it'd be too much for him and when the, the gentleman turned up to do it dad was watching him out the window he was saying to himself he's doing it wrong he just went out to the front garden and he said i'm sorry mate um don't worry about it you're doing it wrong just go i'll do it <laughs> and he sacked the guy within about 10 minutes of him being there and, and ended up doing it himself even though it tired him out but he was <laughs> that was him through and through
0: Oh, he sounds lovely. If you reflect back on these past 18 months, there will have been many challenges. What would you say has been the most challenging?
1: Losing dad obviously is a huge challenge and and grieving without my family physically being there. So in the support network, I, I noticed that it was mainly women that were joining and that of the men that were in the group, they weren't reaching out. Now I've suffered from anxiety since I was about 14. I bang on about men's mental health quite, quite a lot. So I wanted to do something to to focus on men's mental health. So I decided to ride my motorbike from Land's End to John Groats and back again um, within a week. Um, and on the route, I'd be visiting people from from the virtual choir that I set up from my support network who I've never met in person. But there's one issue of this. I One of my anxieties is traveling. So that was a huge battle for me. And I, I did it with one of my best friends. We did it over six days. We did two thousand. 200 miles after the second day I kind of focused on while I was doing it and kind of focused on dad obviously dealing with with covid firsthand by losing someone and working in the hospital it scares the life out of me it scares the life out of me getting it so to travel around the country was still a pandemic going on not being in control of my environment I found that extremely scary but I just had to focus on the end, end goal really
0: How did you deal with your anxiety?
1: I do a lot of meditation, but also I've learned to kind of own it. So speaking openly about it, really takes its power away for me. My friend, Justin, who came with me was unaware of my anxiety of, you know, a month before the journey, I told him everything and he was shocked. And I said, I have to tell you, because if I don't tell you, I'll be worried about being anxious and having panic attacks around you. And then because I'm worried about it, I'll have one. <laughs> um. So yeah, really just trying to own your anxiety. And I've learned to reason with myself. Losing dad and that being such a horrendous moment in my life, I've learned to kind of scale things against that. So when I start worrying about something, I'm like, well, is it as bad as this? No, then don't worry about it because you got through that, you can get through this.
0: <laughs> that's very powerful. But actually there's there's so much there that you've said, but talking about meditation and openness of talking about the anxiety and as you say, owning it, it's almost like you're embracing it. You mm-hmm. know, this is part of who I am and actually that's okay. So what was it like meeting all these people people
1: oh it's absolutely phenomenal and i've been speaking to them for at the time you know 15 months or so and just felt like i knew them felt like they were family there was no awkwardness i just literally rolled up at their houses and i had lunch with most of them (laughs) it was brilliant absolutely just fell in love with scotland was up i've never been to scotland and i just at the time of being up there in in a pandemic i just felt so free um and and safe i guess i just cuz just being in these big open spaces and because we had no time to look at any um news or social media or anything i just felt an absolute escape from from everything we ended up riding 10 12 hours a day on our motorbike um it wasn't tiring at all it was it was the break i needed
0: what's next what are you planning what's in the pipeline <laughs>
1: Well, I've, I've promised to take a little bit of a break after that that bike ride. I've got a few things in my mind that I'd like to do. I'd definitely like to continue to do kind of charity work for men's mental health. So I did I did the bike ride for Movember charity. But I also want to talk about my story more. I think there's a lot to learn from it. Maybe children is probably the best audience, I, uh, you know, with that relationship with your parents as well, um, because I must admit when I was young I was a nightmare child and I don't know how my parents coped with me, but they they managed to keep me on the right path I said, i know there's no there's no real regret it'd be nicer if i was closer to my parents or appreciated them more i don't know how i'm going to make it happen
0: actually i think it's really a great thing to do as children we do i guess just take our parents for granted one of the things that's just struck me about you is how you've brought all your skills together so your videographing skills you said at the beginning you didn't see how that could be that could be used but actually it's been phenomenal what you've created and what you've
1: done it has not only externally from my work but actually within the nhs i make educational videos for for staff but when the pandemic hit people were looking at other ways to interact with their patients and we were screaming out you know although I kind of regret it now <laughs> you know look at us look what we could do but I was usually making I don't know two or three videos a month and I think since March last year I think we're up to some like seven or eight hundred videos and I'm the only videographer so lucky enough I've just got help now which is which is good but to be able to do live streams for patients and interact with them in that way has has been a real asset and has been actually great for videographers, photographers and you know digital marketers I think people have embraced technology it's never going to replace face-to-face courses. Not. it's having that blended learning
0: yeah it enhances how we connect mm. if our listeners want to find out more about you or we where can they find you and and how can they join the group so
1: the main support network is on is on facebook so if you if you search for the alone together covid19 support network if you can't find that then we do have a website which helps link you through that so that's the alone together network dot co uk also the bike ride that i did if anyone wants to look, find out about that because I, I did a video document it that was called the united ride so if you go to the unitedride.com you can find out a little bit more about that and hopefully it's something i want to do every year and kind of encourage people to join me
0: liam thank you so much for being on the show today it's been really wonderful to have you with us
1: my pleasure thank you so much thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player
0: or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimentor.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, self-access online modules and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future, in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice.